This is Smarter Markets Presents. Visit smartermarkets.media to learn more. Today, we're going to take you back to the FT Global Commodity Summit in Lausanne, Switzerland. We were able to attend this year and worked with the Financial Times to do some mini interviews around the conference and bring you some scenes from this gathering of commodity experts, practitioners, and trading houses. Our first guest is Jeff Curry. Jeff sat down with us shortly after his keynote interview at the FT Global Commodity Summit. So, Jeff, I wanted to ask you, you've been, how long have you been coming to the on and off for about the 12 years. For about the whole 12 years. And I was curious, what have you seen change in the nature of the conversation, the nature of the people coming to the conference over those 12 years? Number one, sharp reduction in investors. Uh, you see it in you know the, the managed money levels, the number of hedge funds, uh, the amount of real money in commodities. It's dropped precipitously. Which is pretty consistent with the attendance. You know, there's a, you know, you look at the oil panel just now had more representative of the industry than a hedge fund. I think Pierre was the only hedge fund manager up yeah, there. I so right. I think you know, it's it's a it's a very different setup from that perspective. The other thing too is the greening of it. In terms of you, you listen to many of the questions, they're, they're focused much more on you know, more of the green as opposed to the dirty commodities, and then the, which should be expected you know, with energy transition. And then I'd say, I would argue that the third one is there's a much greater focus on metals. And I think that's because of you know, green metals, green capex, so it's kind of tied to the second one. Right. And that brings me to the second question. I think thought leader is an overused phrase, but you are definitely the thought leader in the commodity space. And I know you're on a keynote address this morning, keynote interview. Coming in here, what were the, the actionable ideas that you wanted to bring to the conference that you wanted people to take away? I, yeah, I think first and foremost is to understand what drives a commodity supercycle? You know, Dave, you and I go back into the 2000s and thinking about commodity cycles. But now, you know, having sat in this seat for 27 years, I have a much greater perspective. And it just really boils down to the need for physical capital. It's physical capital to grow oil supply, physical capital to grow copper supply. What happened over the last decade, we've now seen this three times. You know, you and I were ones who coined the term the revenge of the old economy. You know, it just put bluntly is the returns are better in the new economy than the old economy and capital was redirected to the new economy, choking off the investment that would have otherwise grown the supply base. And there is the, the core of the problem. But what I've really picked up, particularly in the last six months, is the 2010s were identical to the 1990s, which were identical to the 1960s, all characterized by low and stable inflation, lower interest rates, and investors chasing long-duration, new economy tech-type instruments, leaving the old economy starved of the capital that needed to grow the supply base. And you're pushed into these environments with um, higher commodity prices and the need to make investments. And you know, so, in other words, a commodity super cycle is a capex cycle. And when we think about what are the higher interest rates telling you to do, put money to work in the economy today. And it's just fairly simple. So you know, a lot of people are questioning whether or not we're in a super cycle or not. No, I mean, the higher interest rates are telling you, invest in this stuff. I like to point out Fed rate hikes, um, they may cure the symptom, which is inflation, but they don't cure the underlying illness, which is underinvestment. Yeah, and it really ties into your first comment about investors not being at the conference. Mm -hmm. Where's the money going to come from? 
it's going to come out of the new economy. NASDAQ's up. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think, I, I think the key is what's going to create that redirection of capital. And when you and I were doing this in 0203 in that time period, what it ultimately took was really bad returns in the new economy. And by 0405, we saw that rotation. And I think that's ultimately what's going to have to kind of happen here. Because right now, they're making more money being in NASDAQ than they are being in an old economy. Yeah. Any ideas you've heard? Any kindred spirits or you know new ideas for yourself that you're taking away from the conference? Yeah, I would say what I've taken away is a newfound respect for the difficulty in clean energy technology, whether if it's the energy required to create the pressure for hydrogen leading to a substantial deterioration in available um, energy or you know, the amount of metals needed in EVs. So, you know, these are going to be very expensive. And I think that the message that I'm taking away and trying to reinforce is the cost of decarbonization is just going to be tremendously high. All of these technologies are very expensive. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you with that. You've said this cycle you know, has a lot of similarities to the CapEx cycles of the 90s, of the 2000s. They even went back to the 1960s and 70s. But of course, this time, there's the whole green transition element to it. So if you look out at markets with your 27 years of experience and look at this cycle and what's potentially different about it, what do you think we need in terms of, you know, new markets, new tools to manage this cycle and to manage the risks that I, are? New risks create new opportunities. And I would argue that the focus here is on transition risk. It's something that investors have yet to harness. And, you know, whether it is this duration and I was talking about on the panel, which is you get oil, it gives you cash flow today versus, um, you know, something green that doesn't give you cash flow for, you know, 10 years or something. And so bridging that gap is a new kind of risk that needs to be thought about. But also, you know, in things like, you know, whether if it was nickel, you know, that Jeremy Weir was talking about, you know, the, the fitness of current contracts. Um, we're dealing with entirely new fundamentals, new commodities. And I think the, the contracts need to be thought about in terms of their appropriateness given the current environment. So I think there's, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for innovation and lots of opportunity for new ways of thinking about these markets. This is Smarter Markets Presents. For episode transcripts and additional episode information, including research, editorial, and video content, please visit smartermarkets.media. Please help more people discover the podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. Smarter Markets is presented for informational and entertainment purposes only. The information presented on Smarter Markets should not be construed as investment advice. Always consult a licensed investment professional before making investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed on Smarter Markets are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's hosts or producer. Smarter Markets, its hosts, guests, employees and producer, Avax Technologies, shall not be held liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based on informational viewpoints presented on Smarter Markets. Visit smartermarkets.media to learn more.